Take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download live 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. This is AR Base. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! Starting with the Thomas Voice Reloaded on Sundays at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then the Thomas Voice presents by booking only Tuesdays. It's the Grub at 1 p.m. Followed by Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Green at 6 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk. With Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30. Followed by Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Friday, music of the spirit with Trey Milner at 4.30 p.m. And Saturdays is our double hitter. And it starts with Saturday for Bet with Sister Lorraine Brown with Roberta Jones at 11 a.m. Central. Followed by Brother Don Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. Also download Live 365 and search the Thomas Voice Radio Network and you're in there. You can also follow us on Facebook at TPV Radio or visit our website www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us family. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majalsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majal's Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. It is, it, is, it is now time to get your spiritual fix and uplifting word with yours truly, the Psalmist Voice. If this is the hottest Christian radio show on the planet, are you ready, are you ready to walk? To walk? Let's go! What? 
good family, it's your boy, the Thomas Voice, a.k.a. Pastor Christopher Newton, and you're listening to the Thomas Voice Radio Network. Walk with us, family. Let's go!
good, family? Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. what's good, buddy? Oh, family? It's Brother Don from Brother Don Presents. Always excited and happy to be with you here before the Lord. Just really looking to see what God's going to do today. So, so I'm really excited, amen? Amen. What's good, Minister Siron? You over there floating in the lake, getting your phone all wet and cutting gear and everything else, man. What's cracking? Oh, brother, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed, me and the family, and blessings to everybody else. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a week of uh, administering the folks and family that we've lost over the past couple of days, oh, a yeah. week. Yeah. Plenty of death going on. Plenty of death going on in the family. Yeah, man, it's it's going around. Uh, I guess a lot, especially in the um, in the Christian community, I don't think a lot of people is taking this thing seriously, but not by a long shot. And we're getting a lot of people getting sick left and right. Texas has spiked so bad that now, right right now, the governor's probably not gonna. He's he's refusing to do a lockdown. But I, you know, like I said, you know, people are people. Just be careful out there. Make sure you're protected if you're out in the public because this thing ain't playing. Just keep yourself prayed up. Keep your family protected, and you can continue to do what God called you to do. But at the same time, just remember you got people that's counting on you. So if you have kiddos and things like that, just be mindful what you're bringing back home. Just saying. But anyway, you ain't got to take my word for it. But anywho, I'm going to stop right there. So let, let's get this party started, shall we? Now, you know, we like to do our little comedic little thing with the weather and all that jazz. So here we go. We're looking at right now here in the CTX area, it's 71 degrees. Yeah, and it's cloudy outside, 15% chance of rain, and you know, all over the nation, we're going through some different types of weather, but we pray for the people that have been affected by all of these hurricanes, continue to keep them in your prayers as well. So, Brother Don, how is it in the Mississippi coast? Our pastor, we're sitting right now currently at a balmy. Yes, I said balmy 79 degrees. November 22nd. So, <laughs> so I'm enjoying this. This is this is perfect weather for us. You know, this is the type of weather we look for all year long. Not too hot, not too cold. Just a beautiful day. The sun is shining, no wind. Just really just an awesome, awesome day. Amen. Amen. Well, being, being that we don't have uh, Pastor Gene, but we do have somebody representing the top of the state in Michigan. So, Minister Siron, how is it in your neck of the woods? 33. Snow no flurries. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Woo-wee. That is winter out there. Yes, no, it's, it's, it's still kind of nice out. It, it's oh, 36 right. degrees. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It don't get it don't get bad until it's like 32 or below because then we get ice and things. But, hey, this is perfect for going out there and getting Bambi's dad if you're that kind of man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I... 
I, I guess I gotta start uh, uh, get, being an outdoorsman. But see, out here is where we're at. There's not a lot of fields where you can do that, so it's just you know. But any, anyway, oh man. Anyway, oh we got we got somebody else uh, just just chimed in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have the chaplain in the building. What good chaplain? What's up, beloved, man? I'm glad I pressed in, man. Uh, there's always so much going on, but I, I like to keep my word and be consistent as much as I can. Uh, so glory to God. Bless all the brethren, man, the, the foot washes and, um, you know, the service of the Lord. It's uh, pretty overcast in Dallas today, about 60 degrees. Um, but, hey, man, I'll take it over New York weather any day of the week. Uh yeah yeah uh yeah but see I think Mr. Siron his environment is a little close to being back home uh in the NYNJ because uh he you know he got them thirty degrees weather he say it's nice outside are you kidding me I don't think I can My even Lord. handle that anymore I'll probably freeze just saying. it's a good time man it's a good time just yeah that, that's that. That's that hunting weather, like Vince Siron like to call it. He got he get his cowboy hat on with his bow, and uh, he go yes, out sir. there and do hunting. Just saying, but I gotta get. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just me. I just never got into that stuff. So you know, anyway. But I need to because you know, Brick City it only gives you uh, certain options. So when you're able to do stuff outside the box, it's pretty exciting. But of course, y'all. Y'all know what's going on in the nation. I don't have to expound on it any further, but you know what's going on. But we also have to pray for our nation and its leaders because it is our mandate from God to make sure we protect them in spite of if you like them or not. Just saying. So, anywho, we got big announcement coming up here at Thomas Voice uh, Radio Network. We're, we're actually doing our first virtual roundtable conference. Yes, sir. And we have a power pack of, of amount of ministers that's in the building. Of course, you know, our very own will be hosting uh, Minister Siron Williams. We'll have also Minister Don. We'll also have Pastor Sego. We have a guest uh, pastor, uh, Pastor Neil uh, Martin, and uh, uh, many, many more. So we're trying to get everybody locked in. So y'all be seeing the promotions in about another week or so so we can get everybody in. So I am excited about that. So, of course, let me get the shout-outs out of the way. Shout-out to my my first first lady, my queen, uh, Shanice Newton. God bless you, babe, for doing what you do here at Thomas Voice Radio Network, also TPV Enterprises as well. Also, I got to give a shout-out to the kiddos, CJ, Tajanique, Jalen, Tyreek, Ian, and Tajane. Daddy loves you all. Two pieces. So that's all my shout outs. We got no more announcements on the table at this point. So shout outs going to the familiar. Brother Don, you have the floor. Then, of course, Minister Siron and the chaplain. Amen. Amen. Yeah, first and foremost, I got to give a shout out to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you know, because he's showing me levels of things every day and he's taking knuckleheads like me and clean him up and allow him to do the things that I'm doing is just often. So I gotta give him a shout out. I gotta give a shout out to my amazing wonderful wife. You know, 
Thank God for blessing me to see another day. My beautiful wife and children that are home and my older children. For everybody that God has placed in my life that have stayed true, stayed loving, and stayed kind. And shouts out to you, brother, for the ministry that you have that allows us to be able to minister. And, you know, I thank God for my family in Christ. Shouts out to you. Amen. Amen. Chaplain, you have the floor. Man, shout out, man, to the big boss, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank him for his goodness and kindness toward me, man. Only he knows what I mean, man. It's unbelievable where he brought me from. And um, thank God for my my seven children, man. Shout out to the Hanaya crew. I meet you all down in Atlanta. Uh, look forward to seeing you all and uh, Pastor Chris, his family. You know, he's a warrior. And uh, we want to give honor honors due because ministry work is not easy. It never was written to be easy. And Jesus never said it would be easy, but he said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of time. And uh, his anointing will make himself strong in our lives, and uh, his love is everlasting. So. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank my two brothers uh, for what they do and their prospective place of ministry and as men of God and family men and, and fathers and husbands. Appreciate you, man. I hope one day we'll see each other and break bread. God bless you all. Amen. Well, it's like being a minister Siron, we know each other for like almost, what, six years now? And we still haven't met, but we still... We still fellowship, man, when we get a chance. It seems like we're getting busier and busier uh, by the year, but it's all good, you know. So, I mean, that's the, the vision, trying to get everybody together so we can all fellowship finally, you know, from our perspective places and being where we are in our different locations. So that's definitely a vision that we have to bring everybody together so we can just fellowship and have some fun. Break some bread and tease each other how how much hair we lost and all that stuff. Let me stop. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that was all right. (laughs) (laughs) On a on a serious note, man, I wanted to uh, lift up uh, Minister Siron's uh, cousin and his brother's mom. 
uh, they both passed away recently. So just give, we want to give strength to the family um, at this time because, again, you know, like I said, everybody's just dropping like flies, and it could take a toll on you when it hits home. So we definitely want to keep uh, Minister Siron and his family in prayer and the families that lost their loved ones in prayer as well because it's serious, man. And, you know, you can always talk about it when it doesn't affect you. But when it affects you, that's when the fervent prayers are definitely needed to keep you strengthened and to keep whatever's, you know, that broke inside of you as the human being to be strengthened and to be that rock, to be that angel wings to the people that need it. Because some some people aren't saved in our family and some people just break apart when death happens. But as believers, we understand what the transition period is when people go home. So we have to understand and be sensitive to that fact. So I just want to lift them up real quick before we start the show uh, and uh, we can go ahead and minister to them through prayer, gentlemen. So um, all hearts and minds are clear. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you and praise you for yet another day. We ask you for your ministering angels to be around uh, Mr. Siron and his family in their time of bereavement. We pray for strength in the family. We pray for strength for the uh, brother that lost his mom. We pray for strength in him. We also just pray for, for strength as a whole. Lord, we understand what we're dealing with right now, Father God, and a lot of us are dealing with it close to home. We just pray, Father God, as believers, we can be that example and that rock. Yes, we can mourn the loss of our loved one, but we can also rejoice in the fact that they receive uh, their due by going home to glory. And Lord, we just pray that even if they, you know, even if family members are not saved, we can use, we can be that example for them to come to Christ. Because sometimes there's examples in our life that draw us closer to you. And of course, as a human being, we don't want to experience losing a loved one. But at the same time, family, we have to find ways to give you glory in spite of our personal pains, triumphs, victories, losses, gains. We have to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's most awesome and matchless name. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what it's all about. This ain't about me. This ain't about the, the, the millions of people listening and all this stuff. When it comes to ministry, everything stops. Just saying. So, just saying, I got you know. I'm just want to throw that out there for some of y'all that's listening. But anyway, let's get this party started. Of course, y'all know how we get started, and you know how we like to get down. We like to pave the atmosphere with some great praise and worship. First up, we got Jonathan Taylor with "Faithful One," also "Unspoken" with "Human Condition," and of course, Travis Green featuring "Doe" with "Good and Loved." You are listening to, wait a minute, but I just got to know one thing, are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Do nothing without doing this one, family. TPV 
Radio family, my brothers in the faith, TPV Familia, TPV International, are you ready to walk? Well, I'm ready to walk. Brother John, this is Tyron, Chaplin, are y'all ready to get it in? Let's go. Yeah. Well, let's get it, family. Let's get some music in the atmosphere. It's time to eat. We got part two of our series, our compromise, and the what the word says. Can we do, what can we do right now? That is the question. So. Another one. We got another one on the table. Keep it locked right here. Thomas Voice, reload it. We'll be back with another one right after this. Don't you dare move a muscle. This is the sound of the voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're the faithful one. for one
Confidence and put it on like armor. Five foot nine, so I try to stand a little taller. To measure up, I gotta work a little harder. It's the human condition. I do it all to make it perfect for the picture. Pretty smile, let me find the perfect filter. If they believe it, maybe I believe it with them. That's the human condition. Lord, help me. I'm so tired of pretending I can hold it together. When I know that I can Lord show me I don't have to be worthy It's because of your mercy You love me You love me just as I am
for inspiration. It is, it, is, it is now time to get your spiritual fix and uplifting word with yours truly, the psalmist voice. Uh, this is the hottest Christian radio show on the planet. Are you ready, ready, ready to walk? Let's go! And now, for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Passive. 
We also talked about number two, the silent church allows false teachings because they don't want to rock the boat. Uh Uh-oh. And what if God's word remains silent about sin? We broke that down, and now we're going to get into point number four, the doctrine of Balaam. Now, yeah, there are a lot, lot of folks say that, you know, you know, I just go ham and cheese all the time, y'all, and I don't really like to break down the word, but that's not true because in this particular passage of Scripture, it's talking about this specific church in the Asia Minor. And now to the doctrine of Balaam, we're going to talk about the lesson here is that you can't curse what God has blessed. Uh-oh. Let, let, me, let me break that down again. You cannot curse what God has blessed. However, free choice fueled by compromise and liberalism can entice followers to leave God's protection by disobeying who? Him. People can harm themselves when enticed by fleshly and sexual appetites. Uh-oh, I'm starting trouble already. Yeah. So, yes, sir. Where might you be compromising? Ask God to help you see clearly. Now, I'm just going to break this down a little bit because, you know, it's very easy for the human psyche or the flesh to be corrupted. Well, why is that, Psalmist? Well, this body, unfortunately, whether you believe it or not, we were born in sin. We have a constant appetite to do what? Sin. So this is why it's important for you to be in relationship with God. Why? Because your relationship will carry over the religious doctrines you were taught. Uh Uh-oh, I don't think they heard me. Well, it's easy. When we start taking the religious doctrines that we've learned, and we really understand that Jesus Christ wants the same time that we give in our physical, in our physical, in our worldly, our worldly things like our kids, our spouses, our jobs, things like that. He wants our time. So it's easy for us to get caught up, especially as men. We want to be the provider. We want to be the, the business owner. We want to just knock down barriers that people put up. That's just in our nature. But why can't we bring that same energy to the gospel? Because it's we we were taught, oh, we, we have to change who we are. Yes, the sinful man. But your drive and desire to not compromise the word of God, just as you went hard in the paint in the streets. And um, me and Chaplin talked about this earlier, and I think it's prevalent to what prevalent for what we're talking about right now in regards to having that same desire and that same hunger, just like you did in the street. All you're doing is bringing it over to the gospel and making sure it's not compromised. John the Baptist was a perfect example of just being raw, hardcore, got to the business of what God said. He was in the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey, just saying. But he did not compromise the word, and the man that you thought was less of these ended up anointing and and baptizing the greatest man that ever walked the planet, Jesus Christ. Now, that's what I'm saying. God can take you and bring you from nothing to something, even though you might think that your ministry is nothing, God can bring a door that comes to you and open it. But see, just like this church in the Asian Minor, mentally, uh, they wanted to please man, right? 
but it does not please God. See, this is where we're going here. We're too busy trying to uh, grease palms, kiss babies, and all this stuff, and we're not walking in the doctrine of Christ. I've learned a long, like a month ago in the book of Colossians, that is the blueprint. That is the standard of how you run ministry. And it blew my mind because this is so uh, so awesome in the fact that we're talking about this because we had a blueprint all this time and we're doing our own thing. And you wonder why we're compromising. You are wondering why we're panicking because now 501c3 uh, organizations are in panic because if they talk outside the box, their, their funding's being cut. Uh-oh. Yeah, I said it. But that's the truth. So, but it doesn't please God when we compromise. There is a very troubling trend towards compromise in our churches today. I've witnessed it with the websites that we see with Christian websites with different topics. They change certain things just to, just to not ruffle the feathers questionable movie clips during sermons that they play in their churches and youth pastors talking about their favorite movie with the youth all under the disguise of relating to the culture. We need to wake up, family. This church is happening today. Still have there those who hold to the false doctrines and they're running with it. That purity and holiness does not matter Reader Harris once challenged the congregation about power and purity. Those who want power line up to my right. Those who want purity line up to my left. This was a perfect example. And the congregation lined up 10 to 1 for power. Wow. And you wonder why, right? Let me keep reading. So, it's no secret why we lack New Testament power, because we talked about this a couple of months ago, gentlemen, about tapping, tapping in to our power of the Holy Ghost, our spiritual gifts. This is why we, don't, we only run at 10, maybe 15 or 20 percent of the power God gave us, because we lack New Testament purity. Our silence about sin and disobedience is deafening. I've learned that the little compromises lead to big problems. So, here's the question. How do little compromises begin? And how can we rectify the issue? So, Brother Don, you're first on the table. What's going on, man? How do these little compromises begin? And why aren't we walking the way God instructed us? Your thoughts. Amen, amen. You know, very, very, very good topic and in, in, in structure today. Because if we look around in our lives, not only in the church, but in, in um, society today, compromise is so subtle, but it has to start with desensitizing. Where we have to make things look not as bad as, as, as what they seem in order to accept it. And once we accept it, now we've adopted it as part of our standard and the way we do things. And, and that's the thing that really starts this avalanche of, of compromise in our lives. You know, simple things within our home. You know, we, we'll preach and teach against it outside the home, but when we come in home, 
we kind of take a little blind eye to it a little bit because it's directly affecting those that are around us and, and the ones that we love. Because I remember being in a, a fellowship where this this uh, particular uh, church member of mine, she was just adamant, adamant about drinking, young kids drinking, going to the club and all this and that. But when it came to her household, you know, it, well, I'm going to pray for them. I'm gonna, they need Jesus. I'm going to pray for them. Well, you know, we got to take that same tone, that same standard wherever we go, because the word of God said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So if we continually to allow these things, the different standards to be raised up, and that's what compromise is, is us moving the, the boundaries, you know, not wanting to deal with the truth. Wherever the truth sheds light on in your life, you have to deal with it, whether it be your spouse, your children, your coworkers, uh, your cousins, your brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ. Wherever the truth uh, shines that spotlight, you have to deal with it, and you have to take the same standard, which is the word of God, on every single situation. And that's what happened in the church, and especially in the church of Pergamos. You know, they compromised the same way the church is compromising today because they feel they have to be competitive. They have to be, they're, they're in this competitive market. But one of the greatest phrases a brother told me some 20 years ago, he said, Brother Don, I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm in completion with. And that's where we have to understand, and that's going to slowly take that level of compromise that we deal with, because especially the church I'm talking about, because they don't have to compete. This is the word of God. The harvest is plenty. We don't have to complete. It don't matter if you got five people or 500,000 people. It don't matter. We're not in competition with each other, but they've compromised to the point to where they want to be in competition to say that their establishment is a little bit larger. And I'm not, I'm not trying to beat up any uh, ministries here, but I'm just telling the truth. They want to be in competition with, and, and that's not what it's about. And we have to understand at the end of the day, it's about Jesus. It's about this word that we carry around in our hearts. And we can't compromise that for nothing. We cannot compromise that. So, you know, we have to kind of really just set our hearts towards the things that are good and just really understand that if there's any compromise in me, I have to get it out because ultimately it will destroy and kill us. You know, the word of the Lord came to that church said, okay, you're okay, but this thing I have against you. You know, and I don't want to hear no buts. I don't want to hear nothing. When that day comes for me, I want to hear a good and faithful servant, my friend. That's what I want to hear. Amen? Amen. Mr. Saran, your thoughts? One of the most wonderful things that Jesus Christ said that would destroy compromise comes in Matthew 16 24 if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me compromise comes when you still want to give somebody what they want but you want some too you need to make sure that uh, you're satisfied as well and so compromise 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 comes along each of us has things that we compromise in, but the one thing we can never compromise as men of God and do our best not to compromise is the integrity of the gospel and the integrity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Compromise comes when you don't know who's talking to you. Which of that which we follow and we honor and glorify is guiding us at this time. And the guidance that comes isn't always meant to better us, but for us to better other people, to be there for them. And it's it's a tough thing because, you know, following the crowd has never been what any of us should do. Compromise comes when you push every put everybody together. Because if everybody doing the same thing, you can compromise because everybody would be okay with it. So terms, you know, we, us, in certain areas don't apply to those men and women of God who go out of their way to not have compromise. And sounding profound is one of the biggest compromises we as individuals can make because in the course of sounding profound, you may say something that has nothing to do with the gospel. It sounds like you do, but it don't. That leads people astray. So watching those verbiages and how we speak is a big go. Language will give you compromise when used wrong. That's right. That's right. Just getting a little drink or just being compromised to take it. It's only a little bit of money. It's all right. You need it. You know, most most of us walk away from Christ not because he failed us or because the word of God proves to be untrue, but because the love of this world, the gratification of the flesh. This is where we are. Now, you may not like what I got to say, but read the word. That's all I'm going to tell you. Now, the the doctrine of Balaam, we can't overlook the seriousness of this issue, but we have. So what do we do? How do we get back to where we need to be? So let me continue. Jesus said that the worries and desires of this world, along with the deceitfulness of wealth, come in and choke the word of God, making it un. Fruitful. You don't have to believe me. Just read Mark chapter 4, verse 19. It will explain it. The passion we once had for the purity of God's word can easily be exchanged for the pollutants of this world. Been there, done that. What we put in our minds affects our relationship with God at a very deep level. What are you talking about? That's impossible Let me keep reading Remove the little compromises Before the big problems are born We've seen it in the last probably five years How we have ministers of the gospel Being exposed for something that was so little at first But they chose to ignore it And now it got so big Now all this stuff comes out And everyone's shocked Oh my goodness What's going on? Why did he do that? Well, this is what's going on right now. God is shifting. God is moving. But Jesus adds to this. Let me continue. If Jesus adds, if you don't remove them or deal with them, he will. Now, I don't want, see, this is, 
this is what I get excited about, right? Like, Jesus loves us so much, and we constantly continue to do our own thing, even though we have a call on our life, he's going to make sure he deals with us, because that's how much he loves us. Well, what are you talking about? Well, when all of a sudden things is going quite peachy, and then the next thing you know, your whole world's been flipped, turned upside down, and all you can do is focus on Jesus, that's what I mean. And you may find yourself fighting against him through it. This is true. Got the t-shirt and the hat, co-signing with Revelation chapter 2, verse 15. Now, we both, we can't love both Christ and the world. Here we go. Here's another one. This is a hard one that we continue to fight every day. That's why relationship, repentance, and the rejuvenation of the Jesus Christ kind of love. Not the carnal love, the agape love. The one that never ends. The one that's not conditioned. The conditional. The love that doesn't get mad because you say something to somebody. Unconditional love. That's the love we should strive for. Relationship. Love is important for us to break these things. But let me continue with number five, and then we're going to get into the meat of this whole thing. Carnality destroys our relationship with him and genuine, genuine fellowship with other believers. That is absolutely positively correct. It destroys our prayer life as well. A carnal believer does not pray. Really pray and seek the heart of God. A deep prayer life exposes frailties and crushes hypocrisy. Hello. Carnality also destroys spiritual power and hinders the infilling of the spirit. It also affects our home life. In short, everything that God called us to be is compromised. Uh-oh. I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> In closing, remember how subtle sin is. Woe be to the church who is silent and compromises God's standards. I didn't say this. This is what the word said. They may find themselves in the same spiritual condition. Here's a cosign example as Samson. He knew not but that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. If you need to read the story, go to Judges chapter 16, verse 20, and it will explain in depth. So, here we go. We're going to break this down in Exodus chapter 32, chapters 1 through 35, avoiding spiritual compromise. That's what's killing us right now. But before I get into that, gentlemen, do you see... What's going on right now? How we have ministries that are still going business as usual, but as Judges chapter 16 verse 20 states, they're continuing to go on and they have no clue that the Spirit of the Lord has left them. We have a lot of ministries like that, but because they have the vocation or the theological training or the degrees on the wall, they can continue to go on and do what they do. So my question is, how can we prevent ourselves from departing from him and having the same experience as Samson did 
in Judges chapter 16, verse 20. I'm going to ask Chaplain real quick. I don't know if yeah. he was listening in, but Chaplain, yeah. that's the question that we have on the table, man. Why are we operating like Samson did? He didn't know that the spirit of the Lord has left him, but yet we got ministry still going business as usual. Your thoughts? Hmm. Well, apologize. I had to drive to a different location to get back on. But, uh, you know, brother, it comes down to this. Um, they that walk after the flesh, Paul said in Romans 8, do mind the things of the flesh. But them that walk after the spirit, do mind the things of the spirit. For the flesh is sin and death, and the spirit is life and peace. This is a spiritual walk. It's a faith walk. Once we're born again, we surrender our wills. We surrender our desires um, to learn Jesus. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So once we stop doing that, and we're just going through the mechanics and the gymnastics of church and ministry, we have gifts. And they are without repentance. And we can operate and wow the crowd with gifts all day long because the world does that. But there will never be an anointing. There will never be deliverance. And Jesus won't be glorified because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies of Jesus Christ, not the flesh. And we have been deceiving ourselves to think because we still have gifts. And we can still operate in those gifts that God is still with us. But we don't have relationship because we start to yield to our own selfish desires according to carnality, according to our sinful nature. And God will never take our gifts away. However, that anointing will lift. The fruit of the Spirit will dissipate. So these are the things that we have to teach. And we have to stand firm on because they are they are essential. The bedrock of our faith is our relationship with Jesus Christ, not ministry. Ministry is not the bedrock of our faith. It's the relationship with Jesus Christ. And then all the attributes come. But we have to get back to our first love. And the reason why we're acting like Samson it's because we're deceiving ourselves. We think because we have gifts and we're making money and people are coming to the ministry that everything is okay. But that's because we have so galvanized ourselves in flesh and religion and we feel good and we're making money and we're looking good and people are saying great, great, great. But that doesn't mean God is pleased. So I think that's what we have to search our hearts about. We have to continue to be this billboard and this sounding board of God to get back to him. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to go up the ladder, Minister Siron. Your thoughts. Why do we have that mindset of Samson as a church? What's going on, man? Not knowing Jesus. It's been stated. Amen. That's the big one. Not knowing Jesus. Amen. And everybody, and folks think that Jesus need a filler. Like, who he is and what he is isn't capable of carrying itself. Like, it, it must, like, like, he must have something from outside of the Gospels to prop him up. 
someone outside of himself to prop him up. I mean, and John 8, 8.54, yeah, he speaks, if I glorify myself, then what is my glory? Not I, but the Father be glorified. Um, Knowing who Jesus is. A lot of people know of him, have heard of him, have had scripture, and others testify of him. But they ain't really got to know him, what he said, how he said it, why he said it. And then once they get to know him, First Peter 4, 17, hey, and you follow that whole thing, the church is going to get it first because the church should know it. The church should be following it. But, hey, this ain't what's going on. So, we dealing with it today. Mm. Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, Brother Don, your thoughts. What is going on with this Samson mentality with the church, man? Your thoughts. Pastor, pastor, pastor. Amen. You are hitting on all cylinders today. And, you know, the thing is I look around and, and, and I've been just observing these things. And, you know, I even asked the Lord why, you know, because that's been the, the resounding sound that I've heard for the last few months. Let's go back. Let's get back. But what I see, men of God, family, in this time, and this is what the Lord has been ministering to me, the church as we know it has refused to allow themselves to be sanctified. Mm. Now, I know that may be a dirty word for a lot of people because that's not a word we'd like to hear because it costs you something. To sanctify yourself means you're going to have to pay a price somewhere. And part of that is what we see is the church doesn't want to pay that price. They want to go back to the familiar. They want to go back where they left off at. And see, we don't go back in the kingdom. We always move forward. And I think what would happen is they've allowed that compromise to cloud their judgment in their mindset if we go back, then we can advance. But that's, I've never known an army to go backwards. I've never known a warrior to go backwards. A warrior always pushed forward. And I believe in this time that we're experiencing, especially in the environment we're in today, God is showing us you're going to have to sanctify yourself because that's where the grace you need to work to move forward is, is when you sanctify yourself. You just can't go back in your gifts and your callings because, yeah, the gifts and callings are given without repentance, but now you're just putting on a show. You're not doing anything for the people. You're just putting on the show. And that's why we still see so many people that are hurt, broken, and bruised is because they're not getting that which grace will allow them to get once the church and the body sanctify themselves. So I'm not trying to preach today because it's not my show, but... I do have to share that just like Samson. He didn't allow, he, he left that for the desires of his flesh. Samson was sanctified. God told Samson's mother how he was going to be sanctified. There was not going to be a razor on his head, and he would not uh, eat anything unclean. But Samson decided, well, you know what? I'm the man. I'm doing this thing. So let me go in this line and grab this honey. 
out of this lion that's been unclean, and then I'm going to give up what, how the Lord strengthens me. So I refuse to sanctify myself because I want to heap it upon myself because I'm the man. And we see what happens. We see what happens. Look at the church. Look at the leaders. You know, we've got to go back. We've got, we're about to lose this church. We're about to lose the ground that, we're, we, that we've built unless we go back. But what are you going back to? Where are you headed back to? Even the children of Israel, although they wandered 40 years in the desert, they never went back to Egypt. They may have wanted to go back, but God would never take them back to Egypt where he delivered them from. He was requiring them to sanctify themselves, set themselves apart. And I believe in Joshua, it says, sanctify yourselves, consecrate yourselves. But we are supposed to be different. We're supposed to operate different. We can't operate like the world operates and then call it Jesus. We can't do those things. That's why the, I know the Lord put that word in my heart, and I know I can see the connection between compromise and being sanctification or sanctify yourself. I can see it because you cannot sanctify yourself when you compromise. You're full of compromise. That's right. You can't. It's impossible. See, because I want it my way, not the Lord's way. I want it easy. I don't want to have to pay for anything. I want it smooth. I don't want a rough road in front of me. But if I'm called out to do these things, the word of God said there was going to be trouble and I was going to have some affliction. But the Lord says his grace is sufficient for whatever I do. And I will not find that until I decide to sanctify myself. The church is not going to find what they need. They're going to miss out on a whole new move of God because they're refusing to sanctify themselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I thank God for this example of Samson because I was like, wait a minute. I never thought of it that way. And see, this is, this is why it's so important to always go back and read your word, especially as you advance in the kingdom, the books that you've read, the, the stories. Uh, and I'm not gonna say stories. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say walk, walking and breathing film uh, as far as the these great men and women of God. But they all showed us something. And this this particular example with Samson is where we are, man, because we get so puffed up in what we have accomplished. Key word we, and we forget about what God did. It's because of God that we're in the position that we're in. And I thank God every day when I'm able to wake up and repent and still be able to do what God called me to do in spite of. I'm not trying to get back to that puffed up stage. I've already know what it feels like. I lost a lot being big headed. My head is big enough. I don't need no more ego puffing and all this stuff. I don't need it. Sometimes we got to be broken, and in Samson's case, he was broken to the point that he was powerless. He lost his sight, and he was they, they beat him and chained him and made him feel so insignificant to the point where it came when God was able to give him one last strength for him to take everyone out. And God gave him the supernatural strength one more time to take everybody out, including himself. 
Why do we? And this is the thing that bothers me. And and I and I beat myself up, and I shouldn't beat myself up in regards to this. But why should it take us as men and women of God to get to a point where we're so broke that we gotta go to God? And then an answer came to me, and it said that we as human beings, our flesh will never. Never seek God first Why? Because this flesh was born in sin So what's the antidote to get that back? What's the antidote from keeping us from going back to compromise? What's the antidote for us to stop feeling some kind of way? What's the antidote for us to stop hating on each other and love on each other? What's the antidote for us to come together as believers Denominations, not race not cultures, but as a people of believers that believe in the same God to come together as a body to break down all this compromise and stuff that's going on in the world. Well, we dropped the ball a lot, and I said this in the first broadcast, we, we dropped the ball a lot as, as men and women of God, especially the ones that are in high positions. Let me explain. Because we've lost prayer in schools. That was the first that was the first indication of things getting rocky. Then we got all these laws being passed, compromising the word. So now we have uh, all these laws with uh, LBGQ and and all these laws on abortion, all this nonsense. Now none of this is of God, mind you. And the United States is supposed to be in God we trust, right? So again, there's the compromise. So we got to compromise because this great nation is supposed to be under God, right? Here we go. I'm going to make the connection. We're supposed to be under God, but yet we're making compromise to make people like us, right? We're not standing on the biblical principle that this, this nation was founded on from the begin with. Notice how things came together when we stood as in God we trust. But then as centuries began to go, go on, we won wars that were impossible. We were able to do things that we, we could not do because we were under God. But now the compromise has slowly crept into the point that has infected not only our nation, but our churches. Y'all don't want to hear me, but it's the truth. We've gotten to the point that we don't need God for nothing, especially if I'm educated. Uh-oh. Here you go again. Beating up our scholars, uh, beating up our doctors in the word. No, I'm not knocking. Look, I'm glad that we are able to get higher education in the gospel. I'm not knocking it. But the problem is we got too many doctors and all these folks walking around compromised in the mind, compromised in the spirit, and they're not being led by God. They're being led by their intellect. Uh-oh. So how do we avoid all these compromises, gentlemen? So I'm going to get into the meat. We're going to tell a family how. Well, the chapter in 32 in Exodus is one of the scariest chapters in the Word. It ranks up there with 2 Samuel 11, where Daniel, the man after God's own heart, fell into adultery and murder, and with the gospel accounts of the Apostle Paul's denial of Christ. It's Scary because prior to Exodus 32, 
Aaron had some spiritual experiences that far exceeded anything that any of us have ever had. He had seen God bring the ten plagues on Egypt. He watched God part the Red Sea for Israel and then bring it back over the pursuing Egyptian army. He saw pillars of fire and the cloud that God provided for Israel's protection in the wilderness. He had eaten the daily manna and had drunk the water from the rock. And God's invitation, Aaron, along with his sons and the elders of Israel, had gone up to the mountain to see the God of Israel and to eat and drink in his presence. Exodus 24, chapter 9 through 11. But then after all these displays, this is the point I'm trying to make. And this is hard not to, to get choked up. Because after all the displays of God's glory and power, while Moses was on the mountain meeting with God, guess what? Aaron quickly yielded to the people's request and fashioned the golden calf for Israel to worship. My initial reaction is, I'm about to go ham and cheese. What is going on here? How could he do that? So here's the question. How could a man who had these amazing encounters with God have so easily fallen into idolatry? Brother Don, we're going to start with you on this one. How could a man who had these amazing encounters with God have so easily fallen into idolatry? What's going on? Your thoughts. Mm. Amen. You know, that that questionnaire or, or that what you put on the table today, I think, you know, is a question that we often look at, we often see. But the only thing that when I look at Aaron and the account of Aaron and what happened to him, you know, like you said, he walked with Moses. He was... He was anointed and appointed to be Moses' mouthpiece by God. As you remember the account, Moses said, I can't go. I can't even speak. He said, well, hey, I'm going to take your brother Aaron with you, and he's going to speak for you through me. So, yeah, he knew the word of God. He knew the, 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 the workings of the Lord. But the, when I look at Aaron's life and I look at the account in Exodus 32, when Moses was gone for a while, and I think that this is important for all of us as men and women of God and family, that we always have to be in the counsel of the Lord. When Aaron got in the counsel of the people, he gravitated to what they wanted. When you're in the counsel of, counsel of the Lord, you say, thus the Lord says. And I think that that's where Aaron, I'm not going to say he wasn't taught or he didn't recognize it or he didn't see but as Moses was gone, that was every opportunity for him to step away and say, Lord, how would you have me lead these people? How, in the absence of Moses, how should I do this? And if you know that, if you notice that, I, I don't see a lot of what is going on today where people are actually counseling in the Lord. You know, they're are taking up on their own counsel. And I think that's why we get into a lot of the things that's going on today 
in society is because men are taken up under their own counsel and not counseling with the Lord. Because when Moses came back, he rebuked Aaron. And Aaron knew what he did. Aaron knew where he went wrong. He settled in the counsel of the people over the counsel of the Lord and was complicit in the compromise in the camp, which brought sin in the whole camp. And that's the scariest thing. Like you said, in in Exodus 32 is one of the scariest chapters, is how easy a little compromise can come in and bring sin into the whole camp. Not just in your life, not just in my life, but the whole camp was in in this place, this simple state. And we always have to be careful, family, because that's why it's important. Even today, myself, Pastor Chris, Minister Siron, uh, Chaplain Emmanuel, we're bringing forth out of our spirit what the Lord has given us. But you got to back it up on your own counsel, and that's with the word of God. Just don't take my word as it. Bag it up. I'm going to tell you, we're going to tell you scriptures to go to to back it up, that there is no compromise. That there is nothing that would look to cause to bring sin in the camp. But that would be my take, uh, Pastor. He took up counsel with the people instead of allowing God to counsel him through it. Amen? Amen. Mr. Siron, same question. What's going on, man? Exactly what my brother just said. The counsel of the people will lead you astray every single time. Then there's also God give people ministry. And then those people delegate that ministry to somebody else that God didn't call them for that. And then they go to do what they feel God is telling them to do. And the person that was there who saw everything happen, know what God's about, says, well, since God chose me to be there for you uh, I don't think he told me to do anything Otherwise so uh, I'm going to take care of the people How the people want to be taken care of Till you come back and tell me what to do Sunday Followers are that They don't pick up the Bibles Monday through Saturday on their own Because they're too busy waiting to see What God is saying to the one He chose to be at the head of the flock That's how they see it And the person that is next in line He waiting for an epiphany From pastor And I can't say that's what Aaron was going through But I can agree With brother Don That he gave in to the wishes Of the people Well people want what they want And like was said earlier For many it ain't God None of us are born automatically Praising God I didn't see a child know he was wrong for taking the cookie. But I never seen him want to sit down and say a prayer. And so that struggle, since our youth is there. Now, I've seen plenty of things that God has done miraculously. I'm sure as each of you who are on the call speaking today on the radio and those that are listening and as far as things go with God, um, other people can't lead me away. I'm my own biggest problem. There's still a battle with Santa, of course. But outside of that, 
I might compromise my integrity because I fail as a sinful human being, but I make sure to go out of my way not to compromise the gospel. And one of the easiest and surest ways I know about it is say, hey, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and John, not or, and John, and then look at the rest of the Bible. It'll open your eyes up to things that you might not necessarily see without that. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. But Brother Don, he hit it, hey, he, he opened it right up. If you're a man of God and you follow the counsel of men, of humans, and don't follow the counsel of God's spirit, it's going to be a bad day and a bad time for all involved. Yes. Yes, indeed. And thanks for using the count, Brother Don. That's, that's the perfect word when we speak about our brothers and sisters in Christ biblically. That, that's just me. Hey. Yo, y'all, y'all brothers know how, how how I say things and do things, but yeah, that's spot on. I'm setting up. Amen. Amen. But Chaplin, put your yeah. icing on the cake with this one, man. What's going on? Well, what happened? Is is nothing new under the sun, beloved? Nothing new under the sun. Abraham was told that he was going to have a seed. And God was going to bless that seed. His wife was going to have this seed. And he ended up deviating from the word because he was under pressure. His wife said, well, I'm old. You need to sleep with our maid. She's young. Her body is strong. She can have this baby for us. He deviated. We know what David did with Bathsheba. We know. We see what Peter did not. Listen, brothers, I look at this thing, and for me, it's a learning experience. Because Aaron did what a lot of us do. He, he got nervous under pressure. Um, he should have stayed in prayer, yes. He should have focused on the faith, yes. He should have kept his eyes on the vision of God, yes. But pressure, 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 pressure. And it's a lesson for us all to learn, um, you know, and, and if we can learn from it, we can avoid some of the sins of our forefathers. You know, and that's really what this is all about, learning from that um, so that we don't have to repeat the same bad history, you know. Um, but what I learned out of that is focusing on uh, uh, not my leader, but the leader of the leader, you know, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not going to put all my eggs in a man's basket. I'm not going to do it. I love you. I pray for you. And I want the best for you in the name of Jesus. But you didn't save me out of the streets of New York. You didn't shed your blood for me. And we have to give Jesus his just due. We're putting too much emphasis on people, places, and things. And yes, we fall short. Yes, we're not perfect. But we have to learn Jesus and not live through Jesus through another man. The fivefold was given through Jesus' resurrection, according to the book of Ephesians, when he ascended on high and gave gifts to the church. But those gifts are not supposed to replace him. And people are falling away because they're focusing on men. They're not focusing on Jesus. And we have to learn, beloved. We have to see history. Look at the scriptures. Look at how things happened and transpired and 
Whatever you fall, the Proverbs writer said the righteous fall seven times, but you got to keep getting up. You know, that's what mercy and grace and repentance is all about. But Aaron is human. Aaron dropped it, but he still was God's chosen, still was God anointed. He cleaned this act up and he moved on. And that's what we have to get from this, you know. But, you know, let's let's keep Jesus first. You know, there should be no idols. There should be uh, no demigods. You know, Jesus should be the love of our life. And he deserves that. And when we when we really, really, really tap into the spirit by faith and give up this flesh, because this, this is the problem, church. It's the flesh. This flesh is gravitating toward pleasure all the time. That's what has to be crucified daily. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy for any of us. But this is what Jesus said we had to do. And uh, because it's a beast. It's an absolute beast. And Paul said it will never, ever obey God. So this is the lesson to learn, beloved. We're all in this together, but I think this is a great teach, a great lesson for us to understand and learn from. And now we have to implement these truths so we can have this great relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my take, my brother. Amen. And one thing that I picked up also in this is that uh, when we read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where Paul cites Exodus 32 and the other sins of Israel in the wilderness. Now, then he applies it to us, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 through 12. Now it reads, now these things happen to them as a what? Example, which cosigns. What Chaplin just said, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. So, in other words, I think that I could ever do what Aaron did here, but then I had to think again because I'm still human, just like again, Chaplin just said. Now, the number one thing that gives us all our downfalls as ministers, as pastors, bishops, all that, is this word that we all tiptoe around and not be man or woman enough to say it. But you know me, I'm going to say it. The word is called pride. That is our downfall. That's what happens when we feel that we're so marinated under the Shande and the Hondas and all this stuff that we self-glorify and raise and make mandates and doctrines and all this stuff. We built churches and we have two churches and two locations. All this stuff is pride. Now, I'm not saying that God can't multiply a thing, but what I am saying is that's why a lot of us as leaders fall because that P word comes into effect and we start getting and start smelling ourselves. And that's why we start compromising because we get greedy because we got a nice little Lexus in the front and we got some tailor-made suits and we got some 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 uh, uh, drivers that drive us to the church. All this stuff that has nothing to do with nothing. But you know what? I'm sounding like a hater. You need to stop hate, hating 
uh, psalmist because uh, that's what we're supposed to have. We're men and women of God, and we're supposed to be blessed and highly favored. Well, listen, if you're the one living in a mansion and you got your congregation just barely making ends meet, something wrong with that. That's not word because if the they say this all the time in the church, and I never got a grasp of it until now. If the anointing is falling off of Aaron's beard, right, it's supposed to drip onto the congregation. So if I'm the pastor and I'm living it up and I'm ble- because I'm claiming that God is blessing me, then everyone in my congregation should be blessed, right? Maybe that's just me. Everyone should be living the same life I'm living. Because it's being transferred, because if it was an anointing-built blessing, then that anointing-built blessing will fall upon the flock, right? That's what I'm thinking, but I don't know what I'm talking about. So let's continue. The sun, the sin of making and worshiping around the golden calf, as I understand it, was not totally obsolete. Like, it, it, it was something that they needed. They needed to fill that gap. Because they were feeling some kind of way Because the the, 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 the the cat was away So the mice wanted to play And here they go With their golden calf And the main man The mouthpiece for Moses Was the main one Allowing the people To do what they do Exodus chapter 32 verse 4 This is your God O Israel Who brought you up from the land of Israel. Really? Their sin was not totally opposed, but rather spiritually compromised. They wanted their little G to look more like the little G's of other nations. They didn't like the scary, unseen God of Exodus 19 who came down on Mount Sinai in fire, smoke, lightning, thunder, earthquake, and loud trumpet blast. They wanted the more user-friendly little G like other nations had. This is so familiar. Wow. So they come up with a compromised little G. Had it not been for Moses' strong leadership, selfless prayer, and spiritual discipline, God would have disowned Israel and started over with a new people. Wow. Now, wow. That was powerful right there. I I mean, I don't know if y'all missed that, but being that Moses was strong in leadership, Selfless prayer and spiritual discipline. God ain't play back then, y'all. He still don't play now. But he ain't play. There was J- Jesus wasn't in the human form then. God just went ham and cheese on everybody. He said, "You know what? Since you want to go ahead and do you, I'm gonna just smite you off this earth." He opens up the earth, swallows you up, closes it back, and it's no thing. God ain't play. He had no patience. For our nonsense And the thing about it is He had He had spiritual confidence In the men and women he called Because they were what They had strong leadership They were selfless in prayer And had spiritual 
discipline. Now, spiritual compromises happen when you view salvation as a human endeavor rather than an act of God. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble with that one, y'all. Let me read that one more time. Spiritual compromise happens when you view salvation as a human endeavor rather than an act of God. Wow. So, here's another question on the table. It behooves me that we have all this awesome knowledge. We have all these examples of what God did and did not do from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I thank God for Jesus Christ because without him, man, God would have took us all out probably thousands of years ago. But what I'm trying to get to is this. We have all these examples. We have how to have uh, church order in Colossians. We have all the seven, the examples of the seven churches. We have all these awesome and detailed instructions from the great apostle Paul, from Jesus Christ, giving us the great commission through all the way in the beginning of Moses. See, this is what I'm saying. God honors the chosen people, but yet we we always doing the same knucklehead, knuckle, numbskull stuff every single time. And we have the ability to walk as Jesus walked, but yet we start feeling ourselves. I, I got the t-shirt and the hat. I ain't going to say it if I ain't been through it. We get to the point where we don't need God for nothing because it was me who did it. And this is where the problem lies. We become the little G's and we're unqualified. We become the next God and we're unqualified because you built something with your own hands and you didn't let God build it. So now you feel that people need to worship you compromising. That's a problem because now people don't go to God anymore. They're worshiping you, little G. So that's why it's adamant that TPV Radio will always tell you, don't worship the, the men and women of God that bring the word to you. Read it for yourself. Because when you do that, you build a relationship between you and God. Thus, in turn, it keeps us accountable because we're open. If you have questions, We have answers. We can iron, sharpen iron, and build each other up. But we don't do that. Why? Because you are unqualified to be a part of my my, uh, vision that God has. We get so puffed up in nonsense. This is why we have division. This is why we don't love each other like we're supposed to. This is why we have people falling on the wayside, and this is why we have the great falling away happening right now, and we're still talking about naming and claiming. Now, you know what? I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to let Brother Don have the floor because I'm done. That was my last two cents. 
We're going to start this back up with part three next week, but we're going to go around the table and get final thoughts. Spiritual compromise happens when you view salvation as a human endeavor rather than an act of God. Your thoughts, Brother Don. Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor, you know, a lot of that really goes back to we really don't know who we are and what's been afforded to us. Hello. You know, I was just sitting here listening to you minister, and you were talking about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had to travel for days and hundreds of miles to do the same level that we four gentlemen can do right here in a two-hour block. We can reach more people than the Apostle Paul did. But we don't view it in who we are and who we're doing it for. I'm, I'm not saying us, but in general, the people don't view it that way. We've been afforded so much through salvation, through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to almost, I have to call it like it is, we take it for granted. That's right. We just take it for granted in a lot of terms. Um, it's always going to be there. It'll be there tomorrow. You know, I'll I'll wake up and do it tomorrow. So then that's how compromise can come in. Because we're not leaning, we we end up leaning to our own understanding in the way that we do things and not acknowledging God and how we do it. So therefore, we leave ourselves open to these different mindsets the enemy would look to put on us to draw and pull us away. So they're between, and let's go back to Aaron for a second, between Aaron like you said, which was a great point, the anointing was flowing off his beard from Aaron to laying down the, to the point where the people came to him and said, we're tired of the way we're worshiping. We want to worship a new way. And Aaron said, okay. From that point of Aaron being used by God to Aaron being used by people, there was Something that had to be going on in his his mental state, like you were saying, and pride is the root of it, to know not who he was in in, in God, not realizing and understanding the duties and the responsibilities that he had in God, which causes that compromise. And I think once we get that family, once you understand who you are and the responsibilities and the things that have been afforded to you, that Jesus paid the price for this, you'll look at compromise in a whole different light. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. My Savior gave his life. He was beaten and scorned that I have this opportunity to have access to grace. He was beaten and scorned that I have this opportunity today to be on this ministry program, ministering the word of God. And we can't take it lightly. And we got to get our emotions and attitudes out the way. I know, I know, I just stepped on somebody's toes, but I, I, that's that's it. We got to get our emotions and attitudes out the way. Because all these gentlemen on the line today, I love each each and every one of them. And 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 and, I, and the way I view it is, I'm the least among you. We got to stop putting these people on pedestals. We got to stop allowing these things to get into our uh, um, 
inside the body. We got to stop these these little things that cause big compromises, which bring sin into the camp. And then we all be messed up. You know, when in Revelations, when the churches were getting, um, when God was really correcting the churches, you know, He's showing this for example for us today here. That you can do a hundred things right, but this one thing will make will will, will 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 cause me not to be in your presence. This one thing here, and we gotta we gotta take it serious. We gotta work out our soul salvation for ourselves. We've really got to study the word and take it serious that these things that 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 we have uh, in the body of Christ that's available to us is real. And they're for us, and they were left for us. We have the greatest opportunity in history in the kingdom of heaven to do the will and the work of the Father here in the earth. And we've got to look at that. And once you grab a hold of that revelation, once that nugget gets in you, then you'll look at compromise in a whole different way. It's not working. Just like my wife. My wife, now, I'm settled. I love my wife. I'm in this marriage. There's no woman on this earth that can lure me away from my wife because it's that serious. I love her that much. She means that much to me. And we have to take that same approach to the gospel. Amen? Amen. Amen. Minister Cyrod, your final thoughts. Blessings, blessings. Been hearing some real blessed and powerful stuff today. You know, one of the things I've come to find and compromise is when people give Satan either too much power with not enough recognition or they act as if he has none with no recognition. See, God's word, it teaches, it instructs. Satan knows God's word, so he'll share it with you. Now, he won't share all the stuff with you. He'll share just enough with you to help you compromise. Just enough. He'll get you just enough wisdom to where you lean to your own understanding so you compromise. Sin is the leverage of compromise that Satan uses. And desires in human flesh is the biggest of those things. Prayer. Prayer has to lose power how people how people pray has. You know, you tell a man, I'm struggling. I need some help. I'll be praying for you, brother. And then they keep it moving. Well, wait a minute. I told you I had a problem right now. Let's pump the brakes. Let's say a prayer right now. You gave a perfect example of how to pump the brakes Lift your loved ones up, people you know are hurting up, and prayer to God, give them glory, and then go into ministry. Some people want to lay message out so bad that they compromise prayer, which compromises relationships, which compromises a connection to God, which compromises the whole situation. Sometimes the best teaching we can give anybody is not what we say or, again, how profound uh, enlightenment statement we can give But by what we do And how we do it And the life of Christ Has never been A compromise 
You go throughout the whole scripture, and there's been somewhere, somehow, even what would be considered the greatest men of God had their failings to a degree to where it could be looked at as a compromise. Doesn't necessarily mean it is, just because it's looked like that. And as I listen to you, Pastor, you minister, you chaplain, all I can say is, okay, thank you, Lord, for the three other perspectives here that don't belong to me. Because maybe I can learn something so that if there's an area in my life where I've compromised, I can find that blessed understanding from the Lord in Scripture. Encouragement and strength from my brothers. Because standing alone will always open a door for compromise. But standing together in accountability halts the compromise and brings the companionship. Here we go. Wow. Chaplain, your final thoughts. And this... Uh... Makes me want to repent of my sins, brother. I mean, it's it's gut wrenching, it's soul searching. This is what this is what good teaching would do. It makes you run to the altar um, and search your heart. And uh, you know, I appreciate it because I don't have all the answers. Uh, I don't want to have it make it sound like I do, but this is what it's supposed to do. Paul said we should examine ourselves. You know, um, and these kind of platforms will help you to do that and I think you know a lot of times uh, we're in churches, we're in ministry uh, we're hearing a lot of words which is wonderful but we have to implement it you know we have to grow um, Jesus said take my yoke upon you and learn of me my yoke is easy, my burden is light I, I, I don't think the people I don't think as a whole we're growing enough I think we, we rely too much on the services to carry us uh, now under these circumstances with this pandemic, um, we don't have the services that I was exposed as we are accustomed to. So now, if you have poor study habits and poor praying habits, uh, you're in trouble. You know, your faith is weak, and this is a problem. You know, and listening to everything everybody had to say, you know, it's a big pot of soup. Everybody's putting in the ingredients so we can eat And you ha- we have to implement the word You know, you have to implement the word um, There should be prayer in your home There should be prayer uh, outside of ministry There should be study in your home There should be study outside of ministry There should be consecration unto the Lord We talked about sanctification We don't even hear this word in, in ministry Like we used to, that word sanctification And Jesus said and John 17, for our sake, he sanctified himself that we might be sanctified. So it is an imperative for the bride of Christ to be sanctified. But we don't, we don't hear it like we used two years ago. It's been watered down because there's too much flesh. There's too much flesh. So everyone listening, everyone, you know, we, we all believe is we have to evaluate where we are in our faith. We have to repent of our sins. We have to say, God, you know, I didn't take this seriously. Whatever we got to do to work this out, because at the end of the day, we have to see Jesus. That's the bottom line. Not, not the bishop, 
not the president of the United States. God bless both of them. We pray and we need them. We need our leaders. But you have to slip into eternity, and we're going to face God. And we need to be right with him. We need to be right with him. So this is the time. These platforms are designed to help us to get closer to God, evaluate where we are, not to point fingers, not to throw people under the bus and say it's my last pastor's fault and this one, that one. No, 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 no. Let's look at ourselves in the mirror. Because the thing that you see in that mirror that we paint and put clothes on and perfume and cologne, that's your biggest enemy, that flesh, that human nature of sin that Jesus Christ said in, in Matthew 16, 24, my favorite scriptures, if you're going to be my disciple, he said you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. You know, he didn't, he's not compromising that statement. He said it then and he's saying it now. And that's for all of us. And what a wonderful experience to allow the Holy Ghost to take control of the temple that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in Corinthians 6 and say, you are bought with a price, the blood of Jesus your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, that is enough right there to help us to understand it's not about us. In Jesus' name. Bless you, brothers. Appreciate you. No problem, man. Uh, I, I just got word um, that um, Brother Don's sister was just admitted to the hospital. Uh, I know Pastor Jean uh, has been um, taking care of her for a for a couple of weeks now um, Just want to lift her up in mm. prayer as well uh, She was just admitted Amen. Just a few few minutes ago So I want to lift her Amen. up in prayer as well And this, this, is, this is what This is what ministry is all about It's not Amen. about Being the greatest leader in the world It's not about getting all the Man-made accolades And all this stuff It's about stopping what you're doing and putting the people that need Jesus or that need, need the Holy Ghost in that hour or in that time, that's when we need to reverence God. And we put our own agendas instead of what ministry is calling us to do, which is another compromise, which is messing us up even further. So I'm going to stop right there. We're going to go ahead and, and lift up Brother Don's sister right now. So all, all hearts and minds are clear. Eternal God, our Father. We petition and come to you again in regards to uh, Brother Don's sister. We ask you to lift her up in this time as she is being admitted. Jesus. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon her. Let the impossible be possible. Let all of the all of things that may be surrounding her right now be lifted by your Holy Ghost. As she is in the state, Father, we ask you Jesus. to come to her talk to her allow her relationship with you to matter father we ask you for this her spiritual strength to be renewed to be set free from the bondages of, of what's going on around her father we ask you father to use her as a supernatural example for your purpose father in this darkened age we ask that your spirit be made alive in our sister right now we pray that everyone that surrounds her has a supernatural touch from God and also to make sure they're strengthened 
heal them, Father, from the emotional turmoil it may cause, from the being tired, uh, leading, being able to lean on you in that in that hour of of fatigue. We ask you, Father God, for your angels to be camped around the situation even now. We ask you, Father God, for your continual power and glory and grace and healing in this situation. We ask right now in Jesus Christ's most awesome and matchless name, amen, amen, and amen. So, Brother Don, we got you, brother. Uh, Minister Siron, we got you, brother. So that's just what we do. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We're gonna. We thank God for the gentleman that came through. We're, we're gonna keep uh, Pastor Say going your prayer as well. Continue to lift up uh, Pastor Gene also, and uh, we're gonna continue to keep you lifted up, family. And always, always remember that you are more than you think, and greater than you heard. And when you see the psalmist voice, when you see the family, brother Don, the chaplain, Minister Siron at the mall. At the soup kitchen, doing their thing, shopping at the shopping mall, shopping at the supermarket, wherever it is, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ without compromise. Walk with us, family. Let's go. We'll see you next week for part three of this very hot topic, our compromise and what the word says. Can we do? What can we do now? We'll see you next week. God bless you. We love you. Be blessed. Central Texas.